Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. This is a 25 yard field goal attempt for Jake Elliott. Ball is spotted, the kick is up, and the kick is good, and the Eagles lead Super Bowl 52, 3 to nothing. Foles under center, Smith in motion on first down. Foles fakes, he's back, he steps up, he is going deep, and it is caught by Alshon Jeffrey for a touchdown. This is a short field goal attempt, 26-yarder, low snap, they have trouble with it, still they, it's off the goalpost, no good. They had trouble with a low snap, Koskowski line drives it, and it was off the goalpost, no good. So the Eagles give up nothing. Blunt in the game. First and 10 at the 21. Foles under center. He comes right back to Blunt. Blunt across the 20. Lines up behind Foles. Foles. Moves to the right. It goes directly to Clement. Clement reverses it. And the pass goes into the end zone. To Nick Foles. And it's a touchdown by Nick Foles. Second and ten. Foles back again. He's looking. He's looking. He's pumping. He is going deep. And is it a touchdown? I'm awaiting the signal. It is. It is touchdown. It goes all the way down. A 22-yard touchdown to Clement. Back goes Foles. Fire. Slant. Touchdown. Zach Ertz. He caught it. He bobbled it. He never let it drop. And he finished with the football. Brady with White to his right. Brady back again. He steps up. He's hit. And falls forward. And he fumbles the football. And the Eagles have it. It is recovered by... Yeah, it is recovered by Barnett. Here is a 46-yarder to give the Eagles an eight-point lead. Ball is spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... He is throwing it deep for the end zone, and it is batted around and incomplete. And the game is over! The game is over! The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions! They've waited for it since 1960. Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Kings of the NFL. Great call last night by Merrill Reese on Eagles Radio. And we welcome you into another week of the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sean here with you and Steve on his way into the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Our Monday editions of the Steve Jones Show always brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Our great friends at Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury. And since the turn of the new year, have you had a chance to look into your files and 
you know, see if you need any updating with your insurance policy. A good time to do that, whether it's homeowner's insurance or maybe you just purchased a new car recently. Time to upgrade and update your auto insurance, renter's insurance, business insurance. They handle it all at Purdy Insurance. And, of course, uh, they network and work with so many great brands, trusted brands, so you're getting the best coverage at the best possible price. And then when life happens, they will go to bat like it happened to them. And you need people like that in your corner. So check in with PurdyInsurance.com or stop by their office on Market Street in Sunbury. Lots of ways to get in contact with us. Our email, stevejones at wkok.com. Our Facebook page is there, too. Like us on Twitter, Twitter handle at stevejonespsu. And you can also subscribe to our Steve Jones Show podcast, which is available on both iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, and Google Play. Big thanks to everybody that has had a chance to uh, go to the podcast page and also listen to the podcast uh, since Friday afternoon uh, with our interview with legendary Green Bay Packer and now member of the Pro Football Hall of fame jerry kramer great chance to i uh, had a chance to uh, speak with jerry on friday and if you did not get a chance to hear it either uh, live or or on the podcast it is available on our podcast page stevejonesshow.com and also subscribe to our podcast as well so it's great to have a chance to speak with jerry a little Absolutely. over 24 hours before uh, yeah. he got the knock on the hotel door by uh, pro football hall of fame president david baker what a wonderful moment for mr kramer uh, and 45 years overdue yeah it is 45 years overdue uh a thrill thrill for him i, I mean as soon as i saw that i was like this is great because we i mean again we just had him on and uh so yeah, I'm awfully happy for him. Oh boy, what a feeling that had to be to have that happen when you've waited that long for something. Um, I mean, when you've waited that long, that is uh, that's magical, magical indeed. So. Well, you want to talk about magical. That's uh, one way to describe the weekend with uh, Jerry Kramer getting the news. Uh, magical, mm-hmm. the scene in Rec Hall on Saturday night when the epicenter of well, the wrestling world me, was dialed in let, there. Let me put it to you this way, in Rec Hall. Now, I wasn't there for the first five matches. So when I finally got into like, get you, know, you get there, and it's like... Uh, it's fifteen to five, and it's intermission. <laughs> like, uh, did you meet up? A... Did you meet up with our great friend uh, Bob Buner? Buner was there no, and had not. a front row seat. Did not. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if he saved you a seat or not. No, 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 no. no. I was going to say I didn't see any empty seats. But... Yeah, that's why God. That's why. That's why God creates corners. Uh, so, but you know, you're the. It's like. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you, know, you find out, okay, well, so you're telling me that uh, the same Rutherford won by a tech fall. Okay. Uh, After giving then, up two takedowns early, it's like I'm trying to think, well, man, when was the last time that ever happened? Maybe that would have been, oh, maybe back to elementary school for Zane. My goodness. <laughs> so, but he wins by a tech fall. Okay. Yep, and that was it. Yeah. And, and now, the- <laughs> now, now, Nick Lee, you know, Nick Lee, I was like, ah, you know, Nick Lee. And um, I'm like, he, you know, he's close to being really, 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 really good. Okay. And, okay. Now, again, I didn't see any of this. So I'm just going by, like, what people said. Like, all right. Now, Vincenzo Joseph's up next. 
I'm like, yeah, well, you know. Now, you, what do you expect Vincenzo Joseph to do? You expect him to win. All right, number one, defending national champion, he wins. Okay. All right. Now you got, was it, who was next? Mark Hall? Right. And Mark Hall was great. I mean, that, I mean, you know how highly I think of him. His, I, his I, upper body strength is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, to, to, to be able to, uh, you know, get that two minute, almost close to two minute ride in the third quarter, just lock down that win. That was phenomenal. Well, I mean, but he is, he's, so, he's so technically sound. When you're, when you see him out there, it just looks like it, it comes easy to him. Oh, I mean, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, when's, when do you see Mark Hall out of position? You never see him out of position. Then you get Bo Nickel. Now you got one versus a two, and guess what? He gave you a bonus point in a one versus two. Remember, he won by major. When you wrestle the number two ranked guy in the country, you're not supposed to get anything other than a decision. You got a major. And that happened Which, in, in the very last few seconds of that bout. Yes. That was a very, yeah. very crucial point in the entire dual meet. Sure. How's that? Now, then Kassar goes out. Now, the other guy is ranked number one. Okay. Now, are you expecting Kassar to win? No. And also, it's like, wow. And this then set up what I feel is the greatest single loss I've ever seen at Penn State. <laughs> that was the loudest I ovation have, you'd have I thought. I have <laughs> never seen a Penn State guy in any sport, anywhere, lose and send the place into a frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> And Nick Nevels did it because he went up against the Olympic champion and against the Olympic champion, he takes him down twice. Took him down twice. Not once, twice. First period, third period. The place is going insane. It's I have never seen in any Penn State sporting event ever a Penn Stater lose and send the place into an absolute frenzy. <laughs> hey, think about it. He lost, <laughs> and it's the best loss you've ever seen because because he didn't give up any bonus points, and he took the dude down twice. Kyle Snyder, the Olympic champion, and <laughs> they win nineteen eighteen. I mean, even Kale's looking around like, All right, this is really something else. <laughs> That's the best dual meet I have ever seen in my life. That's the best dual meet I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, I watched it and also DVR'd now, it at the same time, and I don't think I'm going to erase it from the DVR anytime soon. Now, <laughs> I believe in Columbus they do not share that opinion today. But, <laughs> but I've never seen a dual meet that had more juice, more excitement, more anything than what we saw on Saturday night. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Now they got Iowa. <laughs> hey, good news. <laughs> now you got Iowa. It's going to be in the Jordan Center. How about that? Like I said, it's the, it's the best dual meet I've ever seen. No Jason Nolf. So you give up points, and you still win the thing. And again, I've never in my life seen a Penn State guy lose. 
And not only that, he lost by five points, 15 to 10. And the place is, yeah, <laughs> way to lose. <laughs> because everyone knew. Neville, Neville's wrestled his guts out. He did. He, yeah. ca- he countered. He wrestled hard. He made Snyder work for everything. He made Snyder look tired. I thought Snyder looked tired. Yeah, Snyder was going in on one move, and Neville's was just able to uh, kind of counter and then flatten him down. Hey, uh, and he took him down, so he took him down in the first period, so he kind of caught Snyder. like, whoa. In the third period, you're not catching anybody at that point. He took him down again. And recently, Snyder won uh, his second world championship in Russia. So he was back for, uh, I'm not really sure the X number of days leading up to the duel, but I know it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't too long. Maybe oh, close to right. Oh, no. but yeah. And I will say this. I mean, he may have been fatigued. I have no idea. But I don't want to take anything away from Neville. No, he can't. I mean, even Neville's was smiling afterward. Like, <laughs> yeah, I lost. I lost. But, you know, I was actually kind of a good loss. <laughs> I mean, did you? <laughs> the irony of it. The irony of it was. <laughs> I just started laughing at the irony of it because it was a great loss. <laughs> That's the irony. You're like, hey, you know, didn't get majored. <laughs> and Neville's is, you know, Neville's is ranked sixth in the country. This is not some uh, guy they yanked out of the stands to kind of hang in there for a while. I mean, and he's been, and he, and, and he has dealt with injuries in the past that's, that, yeah, that has yeah. set him back for a, right. quite a long period of time. That's so, right. so, yeah, it's great to finally have him enjoy a nice, healthy stretch for a change. Now, what Kassar did was remarkable. I mean, now, now okay, let's, you know, because. What a so great a what a great predicament they are in at 197. You got Anthony Kassar, you got Shakir Rashid, and uh, oh yeah, See, by the way, uh, McCutcheon is still there. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was going to be Shakir Rashid. I was thinking in. that too. It's like wow, I guess yeah. you know Kale was going through his prepping. He just must have saw one or two, you know, one or two little intangibles uh, for Anthony in that bout. Like you, like you've said before, you know, when it comes to football, it's all about matchups. Well. Somebody asked me earlier today, was it was it more the wrestler or more or how much the coaching come into it? I said, look, I said this is what the wrestler will tell you. The wrestler will tell you what a great job the coaches did in getting them ready because they all had really good game plans. I mean, really good game plans. And then the coaches will tell you about the great execution the wrestler had. Now that tells you something about a team where the where the wrestler said player says, hey, look, the coaches did a great job of getting ready. And when the coaches look, he says, look, my guys did a great job of executing. No I or anything like that. It's all about we, us, you know. And that's what makes them a really, really great team. Now, what's interesting is you'll listen to the wrestlers talk about, you know, they did a great job of getting us ready. Uh, we had great game plans. You'll hear the coaches talking about, you know, hey, they really went out and executed you know, and and did the job. You contrast that with Mike Shashevsky and John Calipari on Saturday. They both lost. St. John's had not won a game the entire 2018 calendar year. They'd lost, they were 0 11 in the Big East, and they beat Duke. Then for the first time ever, Missouri beat Kentucky. 
Now, Mike Krzyzewski and John Calipari both gave St. John's and Missouri their just due. But then when it came time to talk about their, their teams, they kept talking about how young they are and how they didn't really listen to what they were telling them. Okay. Isn't that sort of your job? All right, we'll come back with more in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Then there's the other part from Saturday. You got a basketball team here playing pretty well, too, you know. Uh, they won three of their last four, and they took Iowa, and they just ran them out of the building. They ran them out. Uh, not bad. Hockey team was down, what, 2 nothing Notre Dame on Saturday, rallied 2-2. Then the basketball team ran Iowa out by 24. And uh, then the wrestling team did what it, it did, and the Lady Lions won yesterday, too. So... Things kind of got on track around here a little bit over the weekend. That was great. Now, letter of intent day for football is coming up on Wednesday. They're actually going to have a signing day stream going on from noon to one. I'm sure they'll get some idiot to emcee it uh, or host it. I wonder who that might be. Don't know. Well, Care to share? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for the email with the rundown. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure at some point they'll get to me about it. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if that uh, December before Christmas is going to, as we get through year by year, if that's no, going to turn over to more pop and sizzle than the first Wednesday in February. Well, it already has. Yeah. They, the signing day in December was done exactly like all the other signing days in February. Now, this is going to be different. This is going to be at the hub. Uh, there's going to be other student-athletes and coaches there. James will be there for a bit. I'm sure we'll get some genius to ask him questions. Yeah. Oh, and and then, the, then the genius are going to get to ask the questions also as a basketball game that day. So, <laughs> slow day at the office. Ah, the Super Bowl. We're trying to find... We, we're going to get Matt Leon on the show today. We've been able to find him at an undisclosed bunkered location with security. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
If you're not insured with the Purdy Insurance Agency, you may not be getting the most out of your insurance coverage. Locally owned and family operated for over 90 years, the experienced team at Purdy will compare your rates and coverage among a number of nationally recognized insurers to make sure you're getting the most out of your insurance dollars. And once you join the Purdy family of customers, you'll experience service and claims handling that's second to none. Call 1-800-677-2478 to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Why? Pretty simple. You want the best insurance so you're covered, and you want the best price. Purdy Insurance will do exactly that. I don't care if it's auto, home, life, business, you name it, they have it, you'll be covered. And if something happens to you and you need your insurance, they will jump right in. They'll be your greatest advocate. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Okay, we're now about to have a suit moment. Right, you and I were talking in the break. Right. Right. Now, he is still into the Super Bowl the way it used to be. Yeah, you know, all the extra fun stuff that happened right. uh, when the game was not going on. Right. So he's into the pregame show. Perfectly fine. He's into the length of the national anthem. Perfectly fine. He is into the commercials. Perfectly fine. As I've said many times, what's happened is that in the 21st century, the game has become, for the most part, with just a couple of exceptions, the game's become really good. I mean, think about yesterday. Do you realize there were 14 scores in yesterday's game? 14. There were 14 scores in yesterday's game. That means a score every four minutes. I mean, that's amazing. And New England, I mean, Brady, oh, yeah, they beat Brady. Oh, yeah, they beat Brady already. Threw for 505 yards, no touchdowns, and the Patriots never punted. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bad performance. If if the Patriots win the game 33-20 to 20 over the Eagles, today we're just gushing about, wow, Brady's the greatest of all time, blah, 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 because he threw for 505 and no picks. And we'd be complaining about the Eagles not getting any pass rush, little hardly right. at all, but, boy, right. the one time right. they needed it – you could not have you could not have picked right. a more perfect time right before the two minute warning. But, but what did they do? They did something that Penn State's done for two years. They took a defensive end and they flipped him into tackle, and put more speed out there. You know how they take with Ryan Buckholtz? They do that with Kevin Givens. They've done it for two years here. They took Graham and they flipped him inside to put another defensive end in on the interior. That's what they did. All right. So now back to the suit moment. I'm watching the Waste Management Open yesterday at TPC Scottsdale. Now remember, I just ate dinner. Jack, Ham, Roger, Corey, and I just ate dinner on the terrace right behind the 18th green that you saw. We just I was just there a month ago. So I'm watching that while I was doing a lot of Penn State Maryland work. So I was doing a lot of Penn State Maryland work. And I'm watching the golf tournament. 
and it goes sudden death, and Gary Woodland wins. So it's snowing yesterday, so I get up, I get the snowblower, I take care of the driveway and the walk. I come back in two minutes before kickoff, which means I never saw the national. So I have not seen the pregame show. I flipped over the pregame show one time for less than 10 seconds. They were previewing the Olympics. I was like, I'm done. We're out. Went back to golf. Yeah, they had. They were really hitting that pretty heavy since we're less than a week away from NBC's coverage. Yeah, yeah they had this really long. It must have been at least a minute going on, 90 seconds with this montage, just focusing on Lindsey Vaughn. Right. And I was like, that's it. I'm out. Back to golf. Right. So I never saw any of the pregame show. Any of it. I missed the national anthem. I heard she was great, but I have no idea. I never heard it. Yeah, Pink was actually. I saw yeah. that she was battling the flu for a while, and and he she took something out of her mouth before she started to sing. That people say, "Well, what's she doing chewing gum before she starts singing the national anthem?" It turns out it was a throat lozenge. Yeah. So, but yeah, but despite so, having so, the flu, crushed it. So, great. so I ne- never saw that. So two minutes ago, boom! It's like watching Sunday night football. Hey, there's Al. There's Chris. Here we go. Now we get the halftime. I went out, took the snow blower, cleared off the rest of the snow off the driveway and the walk because it had been snowing during the first half of the game. Right. I never saw Justin Timberlake. In fact, I missed the opening kickoff of the second half when I came back inside. Right? <laughs> so for me, I watched a football game and had total, complete peace in Nirvana. <laughs> so the suit locks in in the pregame show, blah, 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 empty talk, whatever. Right? national anthem i heard she was great but i didn't see that either i didn't see halftime at all i mean like none of it <laughs> all i saw was the game and some commercials and the only commercial i saw though and uh was keegan michael key for quicken loans but you know what made me smile about that is i know about all the penn state connections yeah, yeah. keegan michael keys of course penn state you know and the guy that really is essentially like the major domo at Quicken Loans is Bill Emerson. Okay, stop with the crickets. If you're a Penn State football fan, you know what I'm talking about, sure. right? Number th- number 30, the fullback, Bill Emerson from the 80s. He was on the 82 National Championship team. He was a captain on the team a couple of years after that. And so I was like, hey, yeah, Quicken Loans, pretty cool. So there you go. Yeah, a lot of the commercials, were, it's, like, it's like, eh, they were kind of very underwhelming. But the game is good now. You don't need any of that stuff. No. I mean, I, I understand why you have to do a five-hour pregame. I completely understand. Because, look, you've, you've paid a lot of money for the rights to this. So you've got to be able to sell it somewhere. Selling it somewhere means, that, like, you take that pregame show and you sell, sell, sell. Look, I totally get the business end of it, completely. And how many people were tempted to get up and hit the sides of their TVs when there was that little 30 seconds of black that popped up? <laughs> and I'm trying to calculate, hmm, well, I think they lost $5.5 million there. <laughs> I guess they had some kind of you know technical error at that point, and they got it back. So <laughs> Deb turns to me and goes, did you turn the TV off? And I go, No. I'm just over here having a slice of pizza. <laughs> yeah. No, I know it's in, in my house. He, the suit's not here, is he? Oh, okay. <laughs> so all the things that he cares about, I missed. <laughs> and it's just by circumstance. Yeah, right before the game starts, I'm charging my phone out in the kitchen and over by where I'm you know, getting some cooking done before the before we start the game. And he's like, uh, he goes, I have the over on Pink's anthem, two minutes. 
and she clocked out at a minute 53. He's like, he te- he's texting me this. I know those prop bets are fun, but... <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, how long is Roy Orbison's Only the Lonely? Okay, uh, uh, let's, let's see. <laughs> about 235-ish. I may be off by a few seconds, but... Yeah, that's what people sing who time out the national anthem. Okay, only the one. All right, here we go. At an undisclosed location at a well-secured bunker in Philadelphia and safe from the masses is Matt Leon. Matt, welcome. Hello. We just sent out a party to forage for food and supplies. So, <laughs> uh, Did you ever think you'd see this in your lifetime? Um, no, I, I didn't. Uh, it's really something. And the way they won it, who they beat to win it, you know, now that you kind of look in retrospect, it kind of all fits. But, uh, boy, you talk about the improbable journeys. This is uh, about as improbable as I think I've ever seen when you consider start to finish. In fact, what's interesting about this is that how many times you and I talked uh, in the last couple of years about – uh, hey, let's get into uh, you know, Doug Peterson. What do you think of him as a play caller? Because remember, last year he was just taking over as you know he had been in Kansas City, and you really liked the feel that he had for his team and the game. Oh no, absolutely! Even last year, remember they started three and zero last right. year, and the thing the thing that jumped out. I mean, obviously, aside from you know you saw that Wentz was legit, like that was. But the the thing too that jumped out at me, you're like, boy. Doug Peterson really has a feel for building a game plan, utilizing a game plan, going off script when necessary, but there was a rhythm to his play calling. Things made sense. You could see they did things in the third quarter that were set up in the first quarter, uh, and you saw that early. Now, they got a little off track midseason as uh, you know they started to struggle, but you saw the signs of that. And really this season, I would say with the exception of the Seattle game where I thought they, they played tentatively and, and, and not to lose, uh, he was on point start to finish. And last night was just a virtuo, virtuoso performance. I mean, the, the fourth and goal play call with the Nick Foles catching yeah. the touchdown pass. I mean, you talk onions. My goodness. I mean, to, to, to call that play in that situation, knowing you are going to get destroyed if that doesn't work out and it ends up being a, a turning point in the game. And to, to have your team execute that, uh, I, I mean, I may be embellishing a little, but I don't know that I can think of a bigger play call, a gutsier play call when you consider the situation, the opponent, and the location. Uh, than that on fourth and goal uh, that was just incredible and to to have the guts to do that is just really really something but it goes along with what he does right you know they they work down a lot they don't you know go conventional wisdom they he's really aggressive he has the players buying in and when i say he's aggressive i've seen other coaches that are aggressive but reckless you know going forward on fourth and 14 on your own 40 to try to prove a point that's reckless but you know what, fourth and two, you know, even if it's in a situation where you could turn the ball over in a one-possession game, uh, more often than not you're going to make that. And that's what you've seen from him is uh, calls like that. But that that, that touchdown pass, the, the trick play to Foles, just remarkable. It's the only thing I can compare it to in a Super Bowl is the onside kick by Sean Payton yeah. to open the second half against the Colts. Yeah. No, I, I agree, uh, but – I would even put this at basically called fourth and goal. And, you know, if it doesn't work, 
I just, uh, as that was happening, you know, I'm watching it unfold, and I'm like, all right, are they going to run the Wildcats? They don't run the Wild. Like, why? Now they're going to do that. And then you see all the pieces start to come together, and you see the ball in there, and you're like, oh, my goodness, there's no one within 15 feet of Nick Foles. Like, this is going to work. And I just that was really kind of the moment when you really started, or at least I started to think, I, you know what? It, it's their turn. It's it's going to happen, right? No, and I I looked at that play, and you know, for, of course, I saw Burton play quarterback against Penn State, so I knew he was in the game. Mm-hmm. But then I thought they were going to run a wildcat play with Clement. I really did. Yeah. Uh, just like, okay, that's what they're going to do here. Okay, that's interesting. All right, you know, because Clement, uh, Clement, to his credit, I thought played a marvelous game. Oh, not bad for an undrafted free agent, huh? Yeah, not not bad at all. But I mean, you know, they made the call. He's wide open. And you're right. I mean, the situation was, and that, and that again. What did they do most of the game? They stayed up two scores on that team. Yep. They, and to me, that that drive in the second half, after the Patriots took the opening drive and scored to make it three, scored right away, made it ten again. Yep. And that, no, that, and that, that's a whole. That to me, that's the ball game right there. Yeah, and they, they, it was, you know, I did not, going in, I did not anticipate a shootout. Like, I didn't think that was, you know, but then games get, take their own, you know how it works. Games start to take their own personality where right. you can take all the analysis and the stats and you throw them out the window because of what's happening, uh, on the field. And when it was, 15, you know, you get to like 15, 13 and you just see the way, you know, the Eagles are just doing whatever they want to do and the Patriots are just, the Patriots were a little bit more fits and starts, but, they were just getting such huge chunks of yardage in look so easy. Like how many pass plays were they, you know, you would see the ball come down and there's not an Eagle defender in the frame. Like, you know, there's just a guy standing there. Uh, But to your point, I thought this kind of goes back to Doug Peterson. He had his foot on the gas the whole time because it became apparent that they're not going to win this game, winning field, kicking field goals. And they've got to, they've got to go and get points and they've got to continue to front run. Uh, and that kind of goes along with just how impressive I thought the performance was. I mean, you watched them all year. Was there anything, you know, outside of obviously the play there? But did the Eagles actually, in your opinion, play a normal Eagles game? I mean, in terms of how he called it, because it looked to me like that. That instead of like, oh, hey, it's the moment, tight. We're going to do a couple things. We, you know, maybe a little bit more conservative. It looked to me like they played like they usually play. Yeah, no, I think offensively they, you know, that was almost not a, you know, almost a carbon copy of Minnesota, the NFC Championship game. Took shots down the field, spread the ball around. Uh, you know, that they, they pretty much sliced and diced. The thing that surprised me was their lack of ability to get pressure on Brady defensively. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was going to be something that they would have a significant edge in their, their defensive front being able to, to take it to the the Patriots front early on, they were getting some pressure. They weren't getting home, but I I thought watching them like, well, they're they're kind of getting close, and you get the feeling that as the game goes on, yeah. that the, the pendulum will start to really swing their way, and they'll be able to take advantage of that. And it actually went the other way, where you know, halfway through the second quarter, through the third, early into the fourth, uh, I mean, Brady had all day back there. He could have had a sandwich. I mean, there was no pressure until. You know, whatever it was two oh nine left when Brandon Graham finally gets home and knocks the ball free. The the play that that pretty much diced it. Uh, but offensively, you know, that's what we've seen. That's what specifically we saw in the NFC Championship game. And uh, you know, they pretty much did the same thing. I saw a stat that's remarkable. Uh, the three running backs, Ajayi, Blunt, and Clement. I think 
Blunt had 25 snaps offensively. Ajayi had 25 snaps, and Clement had 24 snaps. And the three combined for 256 yards of offense. I mean, uh, that to have be able to rotate three guys in that equally and get that much production is really, really something. No, it is something. I mean, as to what they did in the game, I give Elliott credit. I mean, look, they needed him to knock home a couple. He knocked home a couple. I give him a lot of credit for the, for that because I thought he handled the pressure really well, especially after an early miss. Yeah, and conversely. You know, the when do you ever see the Patriots miss two extra points? I mean, I know one was the the botched snap, but that's another thing. Like it just kind of that doesn't happen with New England in games yeah, like this. That was another what? thing. But you know what? It happened to him in the AFC Championship game against Denver. I mean, people forget that that happened out at Denver the year that the that the Broncos won the Super Bowl with he missed an extra point in that game that would have made it an overtime game. No, you're right. I forgot all about that. Uh, but I just, you know, you started, the, the little things started to pile up on the Eagles side. Or you started, you know, and I don't know if you're going to bring, you know, they had two touchdowns looked at by review. Yeah. And they were both touchdowns that I have seen similar scores overturned. Yeah, me too. And yeah. I was convinced, especially the Clement one, I thought for sure they weren't, they were going to call back because, you know, you want, you watch the replay and you saw that little bit of movement and we start this nonsense of completing the catch and, and did he have control? Uh, the Earth one, you know, I, you had flashbacks of that Steelers game, uh, where they overturned the touchdown. I thought the Earth one was a little more solid because it was pretty obvious, I thought, that he had, you know, he was a runner and he had broken the plane and, and that should have been game over, but you never know. So I, the I fact thought, that, but I thought it was ridiculous it took that long. I mean, I, oh, I'll I, be honest, I thought it was completely ridiculous it took that long because to me that one was, Obvious common sense. Let's get out of here. That's why I was a little surprised because I'm a big Chris Collinsworth guy. I was a little surprised that he like oh, this isn't going to be a touchdown. I'm thinking Chris, he's running with the ball. Yeah. No, I. Uh, uh, but I was just after that Steelers because I don't think there's any question. I think if you don't have that Steelers play, whenever that was, right, week that's 15, true. Which yeah. they, you know, you're not even thinking anything. Like you know, they're going to look at it because they look at all scoring plays. But you're thinking that there's any chance. The the Corey Clement one though. Yeah, I was genuinely surprised that they didn't overturn that, uh, just because as soon as you start to see any sign that the ball's moving, and then he didn't get the foot down again, he comes down on the, the white. Uh, but that's another thing, you know. It just kind of it piles up that you, it was just the Eagles' turn. <laughs> yeah, you know, you kind of wonder if. Like somebody around said, look, we just can't keep giving them. I mean, if you're a Bills fan, you're like, hey, yo, Kelvin Benjamin, what about, <laughs> what about us on the, yeah. Clement, on the Clement play? Well, yeah, you also wonder, and I don't mean this going in any direction, but you don't wonder if there wasn't talk in NFL circles. It's like, listen, this catch stuff has to stop. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to everyone. You know, if it's I, agree, not- I agree with you. I've got to wonder if they had a little conversation beforehand, not about, hey, look, me, because you notice what also didn't happen yesterday. No pass interference calls. The oh yeah, and there were a lot day. of plays. There were a lot of plays, and you're glad because you know. Yes, they did. There were only now Eagle fans, and I helped you know stir this up. Were quick to point out that the Patriots were only penalized once for five times, but for five yards. But they let them play in the secondary. You know, there were mm-hmm. some plays. The ball went up and. You know, that you see flags over and over again, and that's another thing. I agree. You wonder if there wasn't a discussion, not in any one direction, but like, listen, 
you know, we're, we're kind of falling all over ourselves here as an organization with the, the penalties and the poor calls and the, the replay, you know, call this one and use a little common sense. <laughs> Right. No, exactly. And I think yeah. and I think they did. I think they called a game that had common sense. Yeah. No, I agree because, you know, it it flowed and really the way that game kind of unfolded, the last thing you wanted was referees, officials, you know, silly rules getting in the way because it was really a 4-hour great commercial for the NFL. It was everything that's really good about the league as far as the competitive and you had the the underdog eagles going against the patriots and uh it was a really one of the maybe the best super bowl you know even looking at it from a non-philadelphia standpoint just as far as excitement and quality Mm -hmm. of play and back and forth uh, i think you'd be hard pressed to find one that would start to finish better some have had better finishes some may have had better spurts during the game but 60 minutes I think you're hard pressed to, to say there was a. There's been a better one. Well, let me put it this way: in the 21st century, we've been traded to the the Super Bowl has become an even bigger deal because the game has become really good. The 20th century, those games were few and far between. The 21st century, with the exception of maybe three, yeah, mm-hmm. and that was. And for Eagles fans, that will be how many people to parade on uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's uh, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. It'll be Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Well, how, many, uh, how many people? Four million? Three million? I, I would uh, three to four is what I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> I think it will dwarf the Phillies parade. They're actually going to reverse. They're going to start at Broad and Patterson, and they're going to end at the Art Museum. Uh, but it, it's going to be something else. I mean, the Phillies parade was intense because, you know, Philadelphia has come around back to a baseball town. Uh, but there was also just that the, the city was so starved for a winner mm-hmm. that, that that broke through. You know, but this is, it's a completely different dynamic with the Eagles. The Eagles are a part of the fabric of this city like I think few teams are. And I can only imagine the outpouring of people that we're going to see, especially with a couple days to plan and get off work and find a babysitter or whatever people have to do. Uh, it's going to be something else. I, it'll probably, you know, I would imagine you'll see a lot of the same things you saw when the Pope was in town, like as far as number of people, road closures, you know, things like that. It'll, it'll, it'll be something. No offense to the Pope. <laughs> the Eagles just won. Oh, yeah. And just go, the, simply and having, from a logistics standpoint. Having the Pope in town's a huge deal. I got it. Okay. But he's, you know. Since 1960, let's see, Pope John Paul II went there. Pope Francis went there. Okay? That's two popes, no championships. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I say that with all due respect to the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Who now has a Michigan Wolverines helmet that he doesn't know what to do with. All right. So, <laughs> so hey. Thank you, Matt. Next half hour, we'll talk more about wrestling, basketball, and, yes, about the Super Bowl. Later in the week, Tony Knopp joins us. Jeff Myers on Penn State-Iowa Wrestling later in the week. Don't forget the after show, the suit... 
talks about the halftime show, the commercials, and Pink's national anthem rendition. That's on the after show. Must listen. I'll get back to you on that. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.